0: President Franklin Delano Roosevelt is considered one of the greatest presidents we've ever had. He guided the country out of the Great Depression, helped the economy on the path to recovery, and led the initial steps into World War II. But there was another guy out there that had he not screwed up so much, he may have taken the country in a completely different direction. And you're going to learn his story next on Our Weird World. Our Weird World Welcome to Our Weird World, I'm your host, John Henson, and this week we are looking at Huey Long, a Louisiana politician who thought that Hiller wasn't such a bad guy, you know, maybe just a little misguided. Uh, No, I don't know if he actually thought that, but a lot of Huey's political leanings at the time mirrored what was going on in Germany. What does that all mean? You're going to find out real soon. It's story time. Huey Long was born on August 30th, 1893 near Winfield, a small town in the north central part of Louisiana and the county seat, well, the, well not a county, but the seat of Wynn Parish because Louisiana has to have different rules for their counties or whatever they call them parishes, it's some French crap, I don't know. Win Parish, though, was one of the poorest places in the state, and in, in, in what was already a poor state, and Long, along with most everyone who lived there, kind of grew to resent the wealthier people who lived in Baton Rouge and had the political control over the state. Although he was homeschooled at first, Long eventually attended public school and actually convinced his teachers to let him skip 7th grade because he was actually really smart. He also created his own club whose mission was to quote, to run things, laying down certain rules. The students would have to follow. And the teachers were not okay with that because they were the ones who were making the rules and they told long to stop, but he continued to rebel anyway. And he was eventually expelled from school and tried to circulate a petition to have the principal fired. And here's the crazy part. He actually got enough people to sign it and got the principal fired. Um, But despite not officially graduating high school, Long was awarded a debate scholarship to LSU, but it didn't provide enough money for housing and books. And so he just he couldn't afford to go there. Um, instead he got a job as a traveling salesman before moving to Oklahoma and he, uh, tried to attend the university of Oklahoma college of law. Um, but he only stayed there for a semester because he didn't really take it seriously. He was also arrested in 1912 in Oklahoma for quote, creating a disturbance in a brothel. Um, but that ultimately turned out to be a case of mistaken identity. Um, the next year, Huey Long married Rose McConnell, um, who his girlfriend at the time, a court stenographer he had met in Oklahoma. Um, and the two and the couple had three kids. And they moved back down to Louisiana, where Long got his law degree from Tulane University uh, Law School. And from there, he opened a private practice in Shreveport, where he represented poor people against large businesses, primarily in workers' compensation claims. Um, although he at the same time, like he invested in an oil well that eventually struck oil, but the Standard Oil Company, which was the, one of the big oil companies at the time, they refused to accept the oil and it cost Long over $1,000, which was a ton of money back then. From there, Long developed a deep hatred for the Standard Oil Company and he faced off against them in several lawsuits over the next few years, um, you know, and, and often ended up winning against them. In 1918, Long won his first political race by defeating Burke Bridges in the state for Louisiana Railroad Commissioner. Um, Although he ran for governor two years later in 1920, he lost the race thanks to what he claimed was a rainstorm that prevented his poor constituents from reaching the polls because the dirt roads all throughout Louisiana had turned to mud and they just weren't able to get out and, and go vote. Um, however long ran again in 1928 and one and the power of being the governor of Louisiana immediately went to his head within months. He fired every political opponent for working, um, for every political opponent that worked for the state from past cabinet members in the previous administration, all the way down to just state road workers. Um, even more, he appointed, uh, Every, everyone that he appointed to a position to replace the people he had fired was expected to actually put a portion of their salary toward his political campaign, which, of course, he just ended up using for his own personal leisure. But Long wasn't all bad. You know, I, I it kind of seems like he just completely went off the deep end there. But um, in 1929, he actually pushed several bills through the Louisiana state legislature that provided free textbooks for kids, night courses for adult literacy that helped over a hundred thousand adults learn to read in Louisiana during Long's term, and he also passed bills to uh, that was started a massive infrastructure initiative that greatly improved the state's roads, bridges, hospitals, and schools. Um, And despite resistance from the media and the wealthy people, because those are the two people who enjoy exploiting dumb kids the most, Long actually made a habit of personally attending legislative uh, sessions whenever they discussed one of his bills. And if it seemed like, you know, the legislature was going to, you know, push something down or refuse to do something long would just start screaming and yelling until he got his way later that year uh, long tried to enact a five cent tax on refined oil to help fund his programs but the idea was so unpopular among the oil-backed legislators you know you know kind of being lobbied by the standard oil company that Long was actually charged with blasphemy, abuse of power, bribery, and mis- and misuse of state funds. At you know, as his opponents just tried to find a way to impeach him, like he had become such a thorn in the side of the rich and the and the elite in Louisiana that they they were just doing everything they could to try to get him out. Um, during the impeachment hearing, however, Long constantly interrupted what other people were saying and tried to end the session early, which. Actually caused a huge brawl to break out among the legislature legislators at the Capitol. Um, Look, this isn't a political show, but this sounds really familiar. Like this, I mean, you know, maybe you know, maybe people aren't like fighting in the Capitol building right now, but you know, it's crazy. Like I don't know. To me, it just it seems funny that this storyline seems very similar to to what's played what's been playing out over the last you know year or so um following the fight and the continued debate over how awful long was the impeachment attempt failed which only actually made things worse for long's opponents he started firing their relatives and friends from the state jobs that he held and he just became more ruthless in getting what he wanted Um, you know, at one point he was like, you know, I used to try to get things done by saying, please. Now I just dynamite him out of my path. You know, I don't know if that's how he talked. That's just how he talks in my head, but that's exactly what he did. He started forming, uh, he began by forming his own newspaper to combat the state's other newspapers, which just so happened to be controlled by his opponents. Long's paper known as the Louisiana progress glamorized his achievements and openly criticized his opponents Companies that bought advertisements with Long's paper were awarded lucrative government contracts, which seems shady. Um, He even tried to place a tax on other papers and prohibit the publishing of what he deemed slanderous material, which was only negative things about him. But that little bit was rejected. In 1930, Long announced his candidacy for the United States Senate. However, Sam Irby, a former employee who was one of Long's growing number of enemies, was started was had you know a ton of incriminating evidence against him about his corrupt political practices, and he was about to blow the whole thing wide open. And when Long found out about all the stuff that Irby was about to do, Long dropped out of the Senate race, resigned from the governor's office, and he voluntarily turned himself into prison. You know, he just could not. Take it anymore. Um, you know, and that's you know, that that's the end of the story. I'm kidding. I'm I'm, I'm kidding. Um instead, Huey Long's brother Earl wanted to have irby killed, but that, that was just too easy. Instead, uh Long's brother-in-law, David McConnell, and Long's cousin Wade decided to hunt Irby down. Um, Both men were members of the Louisiana Bureau of Criminal Identification, which wasn't an actual government agency, more so than it was just Long's personal police force. When Irby found out the plot against him, uh, he went as far as he could possibly think to go, which just ended up being Shreveport on the other side of the state, rather than somewhere actually far away like Canada or Mexico. Um, And so because of that, Long's men quickly found Irby, who had checked into the Gardner Hotel in Shreveport, and they kidnapped him. Um, rumors quickly began going around that Irby had been sent to the state penitentiary in the town of Angola, but others believe he had been, his body had been dumped in a bayou somewhere. Um, both of those scenarios though were too lenient for Huey Long. Instead, uh, Long's men drove Irby down to the coast, dragged him onto a boat and rode out to Grand Isle, which was a barrier island on the Gulf of Mexico. There, Irby was chained to a tree and tormented by a swarm of mosquitoes. And after Irby hadn't been heard from in a reasonable amount of time, people got suspicious and started thinking correctly that Long had something to do with it. Instead, Long just kind of played it off as a sort of weird coincidence. But people weren't having it and pressure continued to mount. Long eventually produced a telegram allegedly from Irby to his mother, um, to Irby to Irby's mother, But in classic bad criminal fashion, Long actually misspelled Irby's mother's name. Um, And everyone kind of figured out that, okay, well, Long had something to do with it. And a few days later, he was summoned to federal court on kidnapping charges. Um, Just a few days before the court date, Long went on the radio with a special guest, uh, a man who was claiming to be Sam Irby. And this guy claimed he had found $2,500 under his pillow at the hotel in Shreveport and feared for his safety with that kind of cash, which who goes into a hotel and just finds $2,500 in cash in their pillow? Like, not a great excuse. And so fearing for his life, he just kind of disappeared. And then once the interview was over, this this guy um, who was claiming to be Irby was just quickly escorted from the radio program and stuffed into Long's limousine the police were not convinced at all by the interview and they started chasing after the limousine and the pursuit became a high speed chase and it was snaking through the streets of new Orleans and actually was described as one of the biggest police chases in the history of the city. And, and, you know, just weaving out of narrow streets and alleyways in downtown new Orleans. And somehow Huey Long's limousine got away and actually everyone kind of just forgot about it. Um, I mean, so much so that, like, Long actually ended up winning the Senate seat thanks to the majority vote of the poor people throughout the state. Um, there was just one problem. Long still had two years left in his uh, governor's position. And obviously, like every other well-intentioned politician, would gladly relinqu- relinquish the governor's seat to take the United States senator seat. But not Huey. He instead decided to stay in Louisiana and serve the remainder of his term while the Senate seat he just won stayed vacant, claiming that vacating the governor's mansion would do more harm to Louisiana than, and that the former senator that he defeated, uh, Joseph Randall, had just been the equivalent of a vacant Senate seat anyway. Like, classic political trash talk. Um The next year, though, Lieutenant Governor Paul Sear argued that Long couldn't hold both positions and claimed himself as the true governor of Louisiana. Um, Long, totally calmly, professionally, was like, Paul, you're right. I'm just going to resign as governor and I'm going to move to Washington to serve as senator. And, you know, of course, that's not true. Uh, Instead, Long called in the National Guard and claimed that Sear was trying to stage a coup. He then went to the Louisiana Supreme court and argued that Sear technically resigned from his position as Lieutenant governor when he claimed to be the true governor. And shockingly, the Supreme court actually agreed with long leaving Sear without a job. They, they recognized that Paul Sear had, had resigned from being the Lieutenant governor and forced him out while long was still allowed to be the governor and the Senator. Um, with, with no lieutenant governor, Long appointed his friend Alvin King to serve as the new lieutenant governor. And in the 1932 election, Long chose his childhood friend Oscar Allen to run for governor to succeed him. And with the help of Long's impoverished but majority voter base, uh, Allen won the election, which allowed Long to move to Washington to, to be the senator. Uh, not surprisingly, Long made several enemies as soon as he got to Washington, including President Franklin Roosevelt. Long immediately produced his own version of Roosevelt's New Deal called the Share Our Wealth Plan, which called for equal redistribution of wealth among everyone in the country. And as the name suggests, Long's plan had socialism written all over it, even though he disagreed and publicly debated members of the Socialist Party of America on the differences. Um And although his plan never gained traction, a lot of people do believe it actually heavily influenced Roosevelt's second New Deal, which included the Social Security Act, among several other acts and governmental boards. Um, With practically every poor person in America, which was quite a lot following the Depression on his side, um, on on his side after the Depression, Long actually started considering running for president. Um, his initial plan was to create his own party called the Share Our Wealth Party, which would split the Democratic vote with Roosevelt and result in a Republican victory. Then, according to like his evil master plan, the people would realize how great his Share Our Wealth program actually was after the Republicans made things worse, which would then send him to just a massive landslide victory in 1940 um long's plan and overall personality went on to draw several comparisons to what adolf hitler was currently doing in germany and by 1935 long's opponents were getting really tired of him and rumors of armed conflicts among his supporters in louisiana started circulating um at one point 200 armed members of the anti-huey long organization called the square deal association took over the courthouse in the east baton rouge parish Um, long forced governor Allen to call in the national guard, declare martial law, prohibit publication of government criticism and ban public gatherings of more than two people, which is exactly the sorts of things that Hitler thought wasn't a big deal to do. Um, On September 8th, 1935 long was back in Louisiana at a hearing to get rid of another opponent. Judge, judge Benjamin Pavey as was tradition at that point. The, you know, the bill passed and Long was victorious over another political opponent. He got the judge removed. But as he walked out of the Capitol, Pavey's son-in-law, Carl Weiss, approached Long and shot him in the chest because you used to be able to do that really easily back then. Um, Long's bodyguards quickly returned fire and killed Weiss immediately. However, Long died from the bullet wound two days later. And, um, you know, although he was kind of the American version of Hitler, Long's political influence still actually remains pretty strong in Louisiana today, despite his supporters splitting into several factions based on how socialist they thought Long actually was. Even more, Long's campaign technique of using radio commercials to get his message out, which was revolutionary at the time, continue to be used today. You know, he's the one who started that. Um, a statue depicting his achievements, which include vast improvements to the state's infrastructure, education, and healthcare, sits at the 34-story Louisiana Capitol Building, which, at least as of right now, is still the tallest Capitol building in the country, and it's the one that Huey Long insisted on being built. Um, since the old, you know, he actually actually ordered the old Louisiana Capitol to be torn down in place of this 34-story Capitol building because he didn't think the old Capitol building properly reflected how great Louisiana was. And that is the end of our story. (laughs) That's it long story there this week um, although Huey long didn't come terribly close to having any real influence on American culture like his ideas would have taken the country in a completely different direction had he not gotten such a big ego and really cared about like getting rid of all of his enemies so uh, yeah what did we learn from all this What did we learn? Number one, Huey Long was America's Hitler. Uh, Although Hitler did some good things, we mostly just remember him for the bad stuff. Huey made great strides in education and infrastructure for Louisiana, but that really gets lost in all the other crazy stuff that he did. Uh, Number two, many people believe that Long's political plans heavily influenced President Roosevelt's Second New Deal, which included the creation of Social Security. So, you know, we have Huey Long to actually thank for that. Um, Possibly. Uh, And number three, Huey Long invented political ads for the radio, which continue to be used today and have evolved into TV ads. So, so yeah, thanks for that. Uh, Totally love the months leading up to an election when we get to sit through all the freaking TV ads. Thank God for DVR. Next week on Our Weird World, we're going to get super weird with the story of Ed Gein, the poster boy for Mommy Issues. Uh, He's the basis for a lot of stereotypical psychotic storylines, so you don't want to miss it. Uh, Thank you for listening. Tell all your friends and keep it weird.